good day. Welcome, everyone, to the Birds All Day Trade Deadline Spectacular. We, uh, my name is Drew Fairservice. We are joining you here from, uh, from beautiful downtown or outside of downtown Toronto. I don't know. Uh, but it was quite an eventful 48 hours uh, for your Toronto Blue Jays. So I think that we're going to talk about that. We're going to see if we can, uh, if anybody wants to uh, call in, they can. If they want to drop a comment in the comments below here on uh, on Dialogue, which is our this uh, this fun new platform we're trying out for these live uh, live to air or live to internet air shows, uh, and uh, if you listen to the last one, we'll we uh, we get the audio up into the regular feed uh, pretty much right away. So uh, look for that if uh, if you're hearing it that way. Welcome. If you're here listening to us live, welcome. So we've got. Um, We've got a lovely co- comment. We've got an early comment before Stoughton is on his way in. I, we're just having, I don't know if technical challenges are the, bra- are, are the right word, but uh, I will answer this important question from a very important person. I, I really, truly believe is uh, you guys are wonderful and handsome, says Brown Elephant. Thank you, Brown Elephant. Uh, my question is for Drew. What can our three on three team expect from you at the defensive end of the floor on August 19th? Uh, I know your offensive profile, but we need to hide you on the other end. So, uh, I am participating in the Raptors Republic three on three tournament uh, on August nineteenth. I don't. I believe there was one spot for an extra team uh, as of a couple of days ago. So if you are want to get uh, you and some friends want to get together a three on three team for uh, this Raptors Republic tournament, I think you should. If not, you can always just uh, there'll probably be lots of content coming out of uh, the Madame Center, which is the former Maple Leaf Gardens. So my my defensive profile, uh, I'm a three and D guy. I would have to say at this point in my life, uh, I think I've always kind of been that. My regular uh, basketball run, I uh, play in basketball in Toronto, which means I play with lots of different guys from the Philippines, um, which means that I'm one of the bigger guys on the court. So I end up guarding a big guy. There's no hiding me. Three and D. I, 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 maybe not on the perimeter. I mean, I'm not the fast guy. Uh, you put me down maybe closer to the basket. But I can D it up. A block, a block anybody's shot. I'm a shot changer. Rebounds. And then on the offensive side, you know, I'm there to jack those corner threes. I hit it from the top of the key. I pull up in transition. You can't. That's my game. I, maybe you, you, want, you want me to put it down on the floor and take it to the rim. Bad things happen when, when I do that. But uh, I'm, I'm here. I'm here to shoot threes. I'm here to have a good time. And I believe this is all for uh, a good cause as well. So that's, uh, of course, Brian Elfin is, a, is your friend of mine, Blake Murphy. After your whole look, the athletic. Every other place you can even imagine. Uh, who had the uh, DeMar DeRozan trade, which is not a trade that we're talking about. Uh, but he had it on lock. The guy wrote more stories in a day than I've written in my life. And he also um, writes about wrestling, Japanese wrestling, because that's apparently the only wrestling that anyone ever uh, wants to talk about at all. Uh, so let's let's go on. So we'll talk about Toronto Blue Jays. Uh, it's just Stoughton is... Uh, I have no idea. Oh, oh it's... <laughs> Uh, Stoughton is on his way in. He shall be. He shall join us momentarily. So uh, we can do a quick recap of the moves that the Blue Jays made. Uh, John Axford was traded to the Dodgers. Uh, Shai Davidi had a nice story on uh, on the the experience for for being traded. And uh, I actually I think I saw uh, you know it, for Axford he said he came as a shock. He was out for brunch and uh, out there on the West Coast. So it was one o'clock in the afternoon. Was the one o'clock Pacific time was the trade deadline, and, and Axford mentioned that he thought he was good. He thought he was in the clear, and he's like, "I'm just going to sit down and enjoy my lunch." And then just before the the deadline, he got um, uh, he got the news. So uh, we'll, we can when Soton and I uh, when Soton comes on, we can talk about the return for Axford. Of course, Aaron Loop was traded to the Phillies. Uh, who else? Anybody else? Oh, of course, and we have the Osuna trade to talk about, which um, I'm sure will be a an interesting conversation, uh, if if nothing else. Um, so it's uh, oh, and of course AJ Hap was traded um, late last week, I suppose. Still sort of getting that. AJ Hap, of course, now has hand, foot, and mouth disease. I guess he his children go to the same place that uh, Noah Syndergaard's camp kids went. I don't know. That's messed up. But uh, AJ Hap did pitch for the Yankees, and he pitched well in his uh, his debut. So wish him the best. Wish Aaron Loop. So Aaron Loop is gone. No longer the longest tenured uh, member of the Blue Jays. That is now an honor bestowed upon Kevin Pillar. Um, I think the big one that people were surprised about, Curtis Granderson, still a Blue Jay, and uh, Tyler Clippard, 
still a Blue Jay as well. Uh, you know, those are probably definitely two guys that have the opportunity to go um, come uh, go and still be able to move on uh, come August. Uh, there was a story I was reading about how the Indians, Cleveland, excuse me, uh, kind of they have the the control of the waiver wire because they have waiver priority over all of the other playoff teams right now because they have the worst record of the bunch. So, I mean, are you are, are if you're the if you're Cleveland, are you going to waste your waiver priority on Tyler Clifford? Probably not. Uh, Curtis Granderson, maybe. There's a lot of talk about Curtis Granderson maybe being a fit back with the Yankees because he is um, uh, because of the Aaron Judge. Um, the Aaron Judge injury. Aaron Judge is out for a few more weeks, and the Yankees are trying to make do. Suddenly, they don't have enough players after seeming like they had too many outfielders for so long. So we've got our first caller. Uh, let's go ahead to uh, this fine young person. Hello. Uh, hello. This is Drew. This is Birds All Day. How are you? Is anybody there? Maybe not. Uh, so we so before I guess this person is not here. Or I'm not hearing them. That would be a problem. They're gone now. So let's uh, talk about. Uh, I guess I saw people can hear me. Blake uh, shared shared this, and, and, and it, in fact, on Twitter, in fact, there is still a spot available in the Raptors Republic uh, three on three tournament. So head over to RaptorsRepublic.com if you and some friends are ready to hook that up. Uh, I'm on here, Stoughton. There you go, Stoughton. Stoughton, are you there? Oh, we run into some technical problems. It says on the air, but I don't hear him. And now I see him in the comments. Maybe this is going to be text only from Stoughton, and I'll do the uh, all this and talking. No, let's talk real quick about this question. Uh, Drury is a terrible fit for this team, isn't he? I listened to Stoughton try to justify his addition, but I still don't buy it. I guess the question, uh, the 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 big thing with Brandon Drury, who is of course the main uh, return in the J Hap trade, is. Uh, is this is what he's been in the big leagues all he's ever going to be? Uh, you know, he does have almost a thousand plate appearances as a professional, which is nothing to sneeze at. There, you know, the, the truth, the truth is, uh, is is bound to come out at some point. But there is, of course, the uh, Stoughton mentioned last week when we were talking about this, which is the uh, the migraine challenges, the the head, uh, you know, the whatever vision, all, all those things that are all that are all related. Now, nobody, you, how can you can't hit ninety five the best times? Are you going to hit 95 if you're suffering from from spots in front of your eyes, suffering from the what, the aura, they, what they call for, uh, referred to for migraines and things like that? So, if you believe that a he never he he, he hasn't shown his true true self in his uh, in his very large cup of coffee as a big leaguer, if these changes that he's made, um, oh, and the and the health uh, turn that he has apparently made for the better, if the if you are the Blue Jays, you have invested in that as being uh, those. Are Positive signs. Those are that is uh, things trending in an upward direction, which is uh, great. If not, you have a younger version of Jan uh, Salarte. Maybe you've got a guy who who has a bunch of years remaining of control, who might be a decent fill in. Again, they, the the quest for depth is the. Is uh, is still ongoing, as now you know the Blue Jays are are not they're not necessarily adding blue chippers, but they're again. Uh, I mean, I guess it's kind of a uh, it's a six of one, half dozen of the other. Who is it? You know, is it good to just have a bunch of like one and a half win, just barely or below league average players, as far as the eye can see? I mean, sure, you can you can make yourself a good team if those guys all maybe take a step forward together. And and if you go the route of the no bad players, everybody's decent. Uh, but you're not, the, the, the question becomes again, and, and we talked about this last week a little bit on the show, which is, uh, you know, what's the ceiling on these guys? Does Brandon does Brandon Drury have, have any kind of ceiling that we haven't seen yet? Uh, I think the answer is yes. You can't, you, or the Blue Jays' answer is yes. That they believe in in him being able to produce at the big league level at a level or at a at a rate higher than he has so far. But I also think that 
even the best case scenario, the like, what's the best version of Brandon Drury look like? Is it good enough? And if you believe that he can achieve that, you've got five other positions around the diamond you have to fill with comparable players, right? No, I mean, again, so right now, if if that's your team building t- philosophy, you're taking it as a given that Vlad Guerrero Jr. is a superstar, and you're also taking it as a given that Bo Bichette is close to that because otherwise you're just not going to get it done. And I, it was actually in Jason Stark column today. It, it was scary. It was Jason, some exec credited Brian Cashman of the Yankees saying he's the best executive, best GM in the, in the game because they're always good. And he says, you look at the team now, they're going to be good forever. Well, that's, that's what the Blue Jays have to compete with. That's what the Blue Jays have to surpass. And is a bunch of, Brandon Juries and Vlad Guerrero the way to do it? I don't know. Maybe it is. I'm a little wary. I mean, obviously there are there are other players. Brandon Jury isn't the ceiling for every single player in the in the pipeline. Isn't isn't what the Blue Jays if they choose to take that prospect capital and turn it into other players, uh, you know, existing big leaguers guys who are you know the Christian Yelich trade as an example. If the Blue Jays are going to do their version of that uh, kind of a move down the road next year, the year after, when maybe their their uh, window to contention has has pried open yet again. You can turn some of these these uh, prospect chips into that. And uh, again, the Blue Jays seem to be a team that does pride itself on the ability to draft and convert players and convert draft picks and convert amateur players into into, uh, into pros or into guys you can you can trade for. So I don't know. I guess it's it's obviously still too early from it's still, it's still too early to say what Brandon Drury is going to be. He's going to get more than his opportunities to prove that he either is or isn't the guy that the Blue Jays have, and all of Big League Baseball has seen in his time uh, as a pro. So, I mean, I, I'm, I'm not, I, I guess what I'm trying to say is I'm not in love with the deal either, but if I squint the right way, I can see maybe where they're coming from. Um, let's, let's go to the next one. Here we go. So, um, the reason that there's lots of these in the, in the comments, if you're if you're checking us out here, you can see that there's lots of like yellow bears, and if you go in as anonymous, it's giving these people these names like yellow bear. Hello, yeah, that's, that's what they gave me. Yeah. Hey, yellow bear, sir. Holy how are Christ, you? Christ, you can actually hear me. I can. I can hear oh, you. Oh, that's fine. marvelous. I've been listening to this whole time, I'm listening to you, you fucking fumble that Brandon Drury question. I mean, who are, who are these people? Out there thinking that Brandon Drury is a poor fit, when <laughs> all it me all his presence means is that you know maybe Aledmus Diaz or Devin Travis or a number of guys who are kind of bad might not be here. I mean, if you're improving your pool of players, uh, that's fine. I, I I don't understand the uh, the hangup that the Jays fans seem to have. Like, oh, it's like it looks like it's one too many pieces. You know, they're not going to build the roster is not going to like come into place. You know, one piece at a time perfectly. It's like, yeah, you're going to have a surplus here and then trade from it and then create a surplus and trade from it and you're going to keep moving pieces around. I don't understand this this thing where people are like, oh, but they already have infielders. Why would you get a Brandon Drury? It's like, well, because they think he's going to be better than the ones that they already have. Well, I think that's, that is the crux. That's the main point of the question. And I approached it, and I think that most you know, the fans, the ones who are these straw men that you're heroically knocking down. I saw the question from Yellow Bear. <laughs> I thought you were Yellow Bear. I don't know who the fuck is who. Uh, if you're making a trade for J-Hab, the, the assumption, I believe, is then that one of the pieces you're getting back is a piece that's going to fit into your future. It's not going to be a guy who's going to hang out until a better player comes along. So if I'm, uh, I should get his uh, Blue Bear... Blue Bear, shout out to Blue Bear. I don't Bear. think that that's his real name anyway. I don't think that's his real name, but I think that the uh, the artist known as Blue Bear, the, his assumption is, where does Brandon Drury fit into the next good Blue Jays team? And the answer to that is, per, he probably doesn't. If everything I, goes, if everything hits its 90th percentile uh, outcome, then he does. Then he's a then he's a super utility Marwin Gonzalez. Uh, if he's not, then he's just a guy that fills in until, as you try to figure out if Vlad Guerrero can play third base for one year, two years, three years, zero years. Um, but I, I think that that's the assumption, and, and I can't fault anybody for that, for seeing you traded our biggest piece. The thing, what you're coming back isn't just a filler, hopefully. 
Yeah, I think a lot of that has to do with people not seeing how much, how quickly things could possibly turn around here. I mean, look at the, we're playing the fucking Oakland A's who are having a great season right now. Like who, like, you know, you can't judge every roster by the scary, terrifying Yankees and Red Sox. I know you do have to beat them at some point, mm-hmm. but not technically, but you could, you know, that the best you can do if you can't beat them is slide into the second wildcard spot. But, but, you know, to be a good baseball team, does not mean every single piece has to be a superstar. Every single piece has to be, you know, hitting his his career year every you know every opportunity. I mean, I think they're just adding talent and adding talent, and that is sort of the way to do it. If you have a, the stronger you can make your twenty five man roster, the better you are. This is a team that had fucking Gio Urshela and you know Richard Urania in the big leagues this year. They, you know, Guriel looked a little off at the start. He's obviously come on a bit. Uh, like, like this is a team that is, and I mean, Alemis Diaz has been here all year. I, I know the jury's not a shortstop, and Diaz can play there, but it's. I mean, if the object is to keep moving and, and to keep the and keep making the the roster better, and I understand, I, I understand that people are like, oh, well, you should have got a guy who's, you know, farther down the minors with more upside and more risk, and it's like, well, but you kind of you're gonna. You're going to get those guys out of the draft. You're going to get those guys out of the international market. You're already doing great work in that regard, or so the Blue Jays seem to believe. And so a lot of people, I think, also believe, if you look at where their farm system ranks, and it's only going to go up from here. Uh, you know, that's that's where those guys who in five years are going to come in and become the next complementary pieces to what the Jays have here, which hopefully, if you're them and if you're a fan and you're us, is a team that is centered around Vlad and Bo and can find some pitching somewhere. Uh, which they've you know started to do, but I, I you know I don't I, I don't think that they I just can't fault them for trying to make the roster better or for thinking that things can turn around a lot more quickly than a lot of Blue Jays fans are are willing to believe right now. I mean, I get that, I get that, and I, I think it is it is um, telling, or it's worth watching them watching them play Oakland right now while all this is going down. Because the A's are the A's. The, the A's are, after however many years, well, 2014, they were in the playoffs, right? They lost in the play-in game. And then they sort of obviously slid rapidly downhill. Uh, and I also think it's also instructive to think about the think about the A's and look at the A's and think, who are the Blue Jays going to trade for Matt Chapman after next year? <laughs> I think that's a really important thing to work out. Is it going to be Sean Reed Foley or will it be somebody? I, mean, I think it's more... It's, Maybe even uh, maybe Baraki somebody I don't know is Baraki the the Ryan, the, the the Sean Nolan uh, analog here but uh, I think it's important to think about that to start building your Matt Chapman traits because you know it's coming he's like the same guy as Donaldson he's already twenty five years old um, the A's are going to do the A's thing um, but uh, I mean I mean you're right but I I also think that that I again I, I'll repeat myself I don't fault fans for thinking. We traded Jay Happ. The thing we should get back should be more, should be something more than just maybe a guy. Like I don't know, he's just he's not an impact. They want it to be an impact player, and 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 even even if he exceeds expectations, he's still not that. So I, uh, I think they really, you know, people really like him. This is what I wrote about people. Really, the Yankees really really liked him. The Dynamax really really liked him. I think that he is a, uh, you know, a guy who's. Numbers in the big league so far look pedestrian, but people seem to really think there's going to be more there. I don't mm-hmm. know. I, I think that it can, I think it could be a much more special player than uh, a lot of people believe too, or at least that's what the Jays believe. I mean, what the fuck do I know? But that's what they believe. That's what the Yankees believe. That's why they, you know, and all of the work about that trade, all of the pieces, everything written about that was, you know, it was an overpay for the Yankees. It was something they really didn't want to do. And maybe that's, you know, trying to, tr- trying to, spin something so that they don't, you know, it doesn't feel like they're the big bad Yankees or teams want to continue to, to work with them. Or maybe that's, some, you know, for some reason that's a message somebody wants to get across, but I don't know. I think the people were genuinely excited about Drury there. And, and, uh, and I think people should be excited here too. I mean, it, it's, it, you know, it's so easy to look at, you know, every time he comes to the plate, see like he's hitting 168 or whatever the fuck it is so far uh, this year, but he's been a league average player uh, at the plate in the past for, for Arizona. I think he's uh I don't know. I I don't want to be like fucking Brandon Drury stand, but it just it seems silly to me that people are so willing to easily overlook uh, what the team saw there because they're the ones who are you know their fucking jobs are on the line. It's, it seems silly to just be like, oh, what a terrible return for a good piece. I think it's a good piece that they got back. 
it's okay if you're standing for for uh well he might, he might for be bad. I, he might be bad. I, don't, I don't fucking know but i just uh, I mean, we stand right. uh let's move on stand Right. Uh, we'll skip a couple of these, but we'll probably come back to them. There's a question about Sean Reed Foley. When is he coming up? Uh, I'd have to guess it's probably sooner than later, right? There's nothing. You'd that... think so, but I mean, they could have called him up right now when they're, I mean, every game's a fucking bullpen game and they didn't do that. So, um, yeah, I don't know. Maybe it's a, it's a, I mean, he's relatively new to AAA. I don't know that he's necessarily a guy that they want to push to the fast track, right? Like he, he really struggled in his first taste of double A and got it together this year. And so mm-hmm. maybe they're a little wary of, you know, too much too soon. Maybe they want to see more more of what he can do in triple A. Uh, I don't think it's going to be a service time thing for a guy like him, but uh, you know, I, it wouldn't surprise me if he stayed in Buffalo until the end of August and then came up in September and got some starts and they just dealt with, with whatever happens between now and then uh, the way they've been doing it with these ridiculous bullpen games. So I guess, Maybe the the Sean Reed Foley question sort of leads into so this is supposed this is supposed to be a, um, a trade deadline show, but I think we, obviously it's important to talk about the team on the field. So what is the team on the field really trying to accomplish right now? I mean, they're trying to get a good look. Uh, that that was the talk. Of course, when Drury came over, they told him he was going to play the, the Solarte and and Granderson, and I think Travis and somebody else were told that their playing time will be reduced as the Blue Jays are looking to to get as much. Uh, uh, exposure for for jury as they can. So, from a starting from a pitching perspective, set for example, though, bringing up Fo- Sean Reed Foley, starting his clock, or maybe getting him having his brains get blown out at the big league level before he's ready. There has to be a balance between that and also being like, well, if we keep having these terrible outings and these terrible bullpen games, the the, the players that are remaining in our bullpen, the um, the kind of trade chips, the Clippers and whomever else might be back there. Uh, we're going to run these guys into the ground. Flipper, in particular, being the one, I, presumably the, the piece that would next be on the move, but um, and maybe even Ryan Tapera. But like, I guess it's uh, are we we're into the cannon fodder part of the season, right? August. These are these are going to be these are going to be the true dog days. I mean, it's today's next month. Yeah, we're talking on the first, and it's already we're into the dog days. Yeah, uh, yeah. I don't. I don't know. I don't. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> I wish I had a better answer than that. And I mean, I think that they are uh, understandably being careful about who they bring up and what they, how they treat the guys who are going to be the future and don't much care about what happens uh, between the lines right now. I mean, I think, and, and I think they obviously have to uh, probably be a little more cognizant of that sometimes because you don't want it to just turn into a god-awful disaster at the big league level and have guys you know have a mutiny have guys you know just hating being there and and, and you really you got to give them a chance to win i think and that's uh you know, i think maybe so they too. should maybe maybe they do have to bite the bullet out of reed foley but there are there are bodies down there what's, the, uh, what's or the even guy? or even last year you know they traded for tom kohler they picked up uh, uh brad anderson i know they were a little bit more in, into a race but maybe there are were they? You know, well, right. <laughs> I mean, well, they were. They weren't fucking twenty-five games back or whatever the fuck it is. No, right that's now. true. Um, so you know, maybe there's something something like that on the horizon. I mean, what did they pick? They picked up uh, Oliver Drake or whoever the fuck that was, and, and uh, he lasted a year. He was on the on the roster <laughs> for a year. Uh, no, uh, it, they got the guy who's there for like two days uh, this week. I mean. Mm, that's true. Yeah, I mean, the, I remember in spring training how much time we, you and I spent talking about like Taylor Guerrero, guys like that. Yeah. Uh, so maybe you see somebody like him, somebody who has got some big league experience and and maybe is uh, you know trying to 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 reestablish value. I mean, that's so. This kind of leads into the next question. So the Jays, you know, obviously they're getting younger and they're trading a lot of the veteran players, but they're st- it's still an old team. Um, and I guess they held a big long meeting on Monday night after the A's beat their brains out and uh, Tulowitzki who sauntered in from Florida and like was part of this big conversation, which is amazing to me. I love it. I can't get enough of this Sheriff Tulo coming in pure cop action, telling them all the things that they're doing. That's awful. And he's been, you know, cooling his heels literally in, uh, in Florida uh, all, all year long, but uh, it's a tough balancing act. Now the, the question becomes, and, and we have a question that came from uh, Brown cat, probably not your real name. But, not, uh, no, yeah. And he cites uh, Stephen Brunt and then also Jeff Blair and the Sportsnet radio personalities uh, thinking that maybe John Gibbons isn't going to last the summer. 
John, maybe Gibby isn't gonna isn't gonna finish the season out. Um, is are those two things related? I guess is my question for you. Like, uh, uh, but my, I mean, my thing, what, okay, no, go ahead, go ahead. No, I was, I mean, like, I, I love Brunt. Brunt's obviously, you know, an, an incredible writer, always a good radio personality. Unfortunately, I have broken my addiction to, uh, to sports talk radio, so I don't really listen to any of that shit anymore. I used to do it constantly, and it, it hurt my soul very much. Uh, and so now I just don't do it. I feel I'm out of the loop on stuff like this a little bit, but, uh, but so be it. Uh, but I mean, I don't know. Like, uh, what is like is like uh, is Beeston? Does Beeston even know that? I mean, who is like? Where is this coming <laughs> from? Like, does does Brunt have the relationships with this front office that he could know a thing like that the way that he did with the previous one? I, I'm not sure. I don't doubt that you know they would be deferential to him and to and and you know that he is uh, uh, very talented at being able to to do his job and get stuff like that. But to me, I'm just I'm like. You know, I, I I don't I wonder where that's coming from, and I also think sure maybe you know maybe I mean I think I'll, we've talked a lot on this podcast about how it seems like uh, a change just for the sake of change even is is perhaps in the cards and how it just sort of feels like the time has come to since the roster is changing that the the front office has the opportunity to uh, to make that change. But I, how much it has to do with all that other stuff, I you know. Uh, I don't know, but they're, they're certainly not making life easy for Gibby here at this point. And, 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 you know, you feel maybe there's some contentiousness between the two, you know, uh, the front office and Gibbons. Uh, and we felt that I think for a bit this season that we, you know, we hadn't really felt uh, for most of the tenure here. It's been pretty amicable despite the fact that Gibbons was Anthopolis's guy. And, uh, you know, it could really devolve into a, into a goddamn mess if they don't give him somebody to, to, to pitch and just some a reason to feel like there's like to, for getting up in the goddamn morning and thinking you could actually win a game. Like, I mean, uh, you, you could at the risk of getting like, you don't, you could think about it like a fucking video game where you just, you're like, okay, yeah, we're focusing on the, the kids and stuff. And I don't think that the blue Jays front office does do this, but you know, I think fans can very much be like, Oh, who gives a fuck about what's going on at the big league level. But no, I think those, I think those guys need a purpose. And I think those guys need, to not be just completely left hung out to dry, uh, in terms of what the you know this pitching stuff is a little weird, is what I'm saying, I guess. Which I guess we all know. I, I agree. I think um, I think that given the remaining veterans and what they are potentially you know playing for, um, you know the smokes and the and obviously Russell Martin and and uh, uh, anyone who's looking at looking ahead, Granderson uh, looking to a, their next contract or what's going to happen, we left it in the game. I, I just think that firing Gibbons isn't going to do anything, obviously. Uh, and, and if, if it's an issue of, of like, I, I don't think that John Gibbons has, has been my impression from me very much on the outside. It's not that he is hard headedly playing the veterans instead of in front of the kids. And, and it's not that people aren't going to get their chance. <laughs> not, not try to get uh Fucking John Buck is twentieth home run. Yeah, there's no John Buck twentieth home run for us to uh, to to look ahead to. Maybe there's a Tyler Clippard. Maybe we'll have to dig into his um, games finished type of numbers if, if there's somebody like that or anyone else who might be getting run into the ground. But but well, one thing that I am kind of holding the back of my head as I say this is John Gibbons is very popular with the fans. So smart maybe this, well, yes, but uh, that's that's right. So with a certain seg- segment of the fans, a subsection of the fans, John Gibbons is very popular. Another section of the fans find him they don't like him. So I think they can overplay the the we got to do right by John Gibbons card because I don't think it really matters in the end. He's just a manager. I, though I would say this about that is that I, I think many of the fans who don't particularly like Gibbons probably also don't like Atkins and Shapiro. And if they saw an opportunity to hate on the front office for trying to make Gibbons a scapegoat, uh, they would probably take that too and, and, would be, and would be happy to pretend they loved Gibbons all along and that he's been done, done wrong by it. Uh, because that's just how you know people are sometimes. I guess the question becomes, where is the risk? And whatever, wherever there is risk, 
the Jays front office, in my opinion, has shown that they are happily to happily to run in the very. complete other direction. Very, so very, if there's very. any risk associated with firing John Gibbons, they won't do it. They are risk adverse. This is exactly the this is what we've seen. Okay, now this is maybe this is the big question. Uh-huh. What we've seen at this trade deadline with the pieces that they had and what they had in place. Are you have the Blue Jays front office of Shapiro and Atkins done anything to change the perception of them that coming in that they were risk adverse to a fault and that they would are never are unwilling to stick their necks out and do anything other than like the super safest move. And that's why they've never won anything. Um, I mean, maybe that's a bit of a, <laughs> that's maybe not fair, but I'm, I'm, I'm not, I'm having a hard time not thinking that. I don't know what that what that would look like the alternative, but like Brandon Drury is such a low risk, low reward piece to come back in a in a J Hap trade that it has has a confirmation biased me into being angry, frankly. I you know see I, I again I don't think that they view him as low reward. I think that's really the thing, right? I think that they think that there is more there. I think that they really like. But, not, but there's a difference between there's a difference between no reward and low reward. Well, and I think, yeah, but that's a thing. I mean, that's a thing that you get sort of uh, seduced in a rebuild by potential and by upside. And, you know, mm-hmm. you need to make things work. You need big league players. You need two win players. You need a lot of them. I mean, you you're need not big league players. But if you want to play the game, you have to do it like they do in the big leagues, which is not slap the ball the other way and try to string a bunch of singles together. It's swing for the fucking fences and hit a home run. And Brandon Drury, God bless him, is not going to look like a home run. I'm sorry. And so I just, I can't help but wonder that that it's so risk adverse and it's so chicken shit and it's it, it has such a low likelihood of such a limited payoff that it's now I made myself angry. I've talked myself, <laughs> I've talked myself into anger. This is dumb. This is terrible. I mean, you won't be you won't be so angry when <laughs> I just see Red Dogs question our players who recently corrected vision problems. Uh, the, the new mark efficiency. No, because uh, fucking Kendry's once he took his glasses off got better. That was mm, uh, there's a, a great piece, Caitlin McGrath, uh, my uh, colleague at the Athletic, who uh, who often edits things or did more before she was uh, moved to the beat uh, has done wonders for making me not. Uh, <laughs> not uh sorry i'm just laughing at your response to the yellow lion as the well yellow lion, the obviously Rob <laughs> yellow lion. uh but anyway yeah she had a great piece about that but uh, but look i i just i i think people are not appreciating how like how fast things could potentially change here and i think that's i think they're good i think that's where they're shooting their shot right i mean i think that they are not and perhaps they seem risk averse because they don't know that they have four or five years to, you know, really collect a bunch of, you know, potential, you know, big potential upside guys in low A right now and, and hope for them to, to, you know, every year keep knocking down the wall and keep, and keep, you know, f- you know avoiding failure uh, to the point where in three, four years, they're going to be something. I mean, that's going to be where Guerrero and Bichette are going to start to get expensive a bit. And, you know, and this is something that I remember we talked about, or I talked about certainly a lot during the JP Ricciardi years. Was just you have to kind of think it through the prism of their own job security too. Like, do these guys feel that they have four years to to put a winner back on the field? I don't know. So maybe that's part of it too. But uh, you know, I, I I say this a lot, and I don't. I know it's putting a lot on Guerrero. I know it's putting a lot, especially on Bichette and guys who are maybe not as ready as Guerrero because he's not going to be able to do it himself. But I really do think that. Uh, it can come fast for this team, and you know it may not work. They, you know, guys may not pan out. Enough guys might not pan out in the way that you want them to. That it's going to make them competitive with the Yankees and the Red Sox. But they, to me, it seems like they have a, a, a real opportunity in the next couple of years to become, uh, to become a, a, an actual competitive team. And uh, you know, so to me, I understand why the front office would be looking at guys who can be contributors in 2019, 2021, as opposed to guys who will by 2021 maybe be getting their first taste in the big leagues, but, but, you know, 
probably are going to start that year in triple a double a wherever it is you know i mean i i understand that it's tough to if you can get that kind of talent back but also that's another thing too if you look around at the trades that were being made this year i mean where there wasn't a glaber torres moved i mean uh, mahia went from in the brad hand trade which is you know had the jays not had a tarnished closer to trade uh, they could have got some big talent back there more so than they did, but that was a, that's an interesting play as well, and I think a great upside play in Ken Giles, a guy who uh, can be used better and could produce better and can perhaps help them get back to uh, uh, get they recoup some of the value lost by you know Osuna's situation turning into the fucking disaster that it did. Um, so I you know I don't know I, I don't think that I, and I think that also teams value guys that are there in the big leagues doing it. I mean, I think that that's obviously a, a thing too, right? I mean, I don't, I, I understand, like I say, being seduced by the big upside of guys who are farther away, but I, I don't think that that necessarily means that you're wrong to be a little conservative and be like, okay, we think that if we, if we have a team that has all, you know, a bunch of good players and a couple superstars or a superstar and a couple guys who in a career year can really elevate what the team can do, I don't think you're in in bad shape there. I think you look at the 2013 Red Sox as a team that did that. I think you look at the last year's Yankees that arrived early that did that. Uh, and again, you know, you look at the A's and the Mariners and teams that have been good this year. Talent for talent, like it's not it, you're not looking down those lineups and seeing Judge and Stanton and Severino and all the shit that they have the ridiculous bullpen. I mean, and I think that that's a thing that even though we obviously have to. Just I'm repeating myself, but you can't view it entirely through that prism of, of how scary good the Yankees are because it's just uh, it's not either or. You can still you know you could be a 90 win team and be way worse than the Yankees, and and that's okay if you're worse than the Yankees. You should still you know that's still a successful. Uh, you put yourself in a position to be successful if you do that. If you're worse than the Yankees and the Red Sox, you're fucked. Uh, yeah, I mean, you're, it's not where you want to be, but you're not fucked. Also, the Red Sox are going to fuck it up so hilariously. It's amazing. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm not going to believe that. I'm going to tell you that that's not going to happen. Yeah. Uh, well, I guess... Dabrowski's going to fuck that up so hard. They'll win 110 games this year. They'll win the goddamn World Series again for yeah. the... How many will that be? One, two... That'll be like the fourth time in like 15 years. Uh, but we'll get them. We'll see them. We'll get them in the end. Uh, let's do the Osuna, th- Osuna thing now. We haven't done it yet. Okay. Uh, traded Roberto Osuna to the Houston Astros for Ken Giles, uh, former closer and uh, low key lunatic. Uh, David Paulino, <laughs> who got popped for PEDs, but has uh, uh, no lack of uh, prospect kind of cachet. Well, and uh, before he before that, yeah, before and then uh, so what's the third cruise? Uh, no, it's uh, Hector Perez. Hector Perez, is that right? Uh, uh, I think yeah, Hector Perez is correct. So the number one Who's question- the guy in the trade. So I, I don't know why he's the name I blanked on. But yeah. oh, okay, do we care about the return for Roberto Osuna? I mean, it depends. It's, uh, ultimately. That's a personal question, I guess. I mean, every you know, everybody, you know, a lot of people I think won't, understandably so. Uh, I'm happy that it's that it has worked out this way, though. I did, I did write in the, you know the piece that I wrote about it at the Athletic, which was mostly about the prospects, but also I, I managed to get my two cents in about it. You know, it's it's not necessarily great that we're sort of kicking the problem down to Houston, and mm-hmm. also you know there being very open armed about it and talking about second chances and the market there, it hasn't gone through the trauma of this happening to them. And is maybe the situation, what Osuna has been done a favor a little bit in that, you know, it's going to be easier for this to fade into the background for him, which I don't think is the outcome that, you know, we should necessarily be cheering for, but at the same time, you know, nobody, nobody wanted to have to, or a lot of people didn't want to have to cheer for him. Nobody should have wanted to have to put people through even the the opportunity to think about whether they can cheer for him or to have to turn their back on a team that they love because they've done something so egregious that they can't that they can't be there. I mean, it's, there's, there's there was so much potential for bad. There was potential for you know a Josh Hader moment with you know him getting a goddamn standing ovation coming into the game, which would have been a, a black eye and another whole you know, bringing we're all conversation with the brand and, and conversation with people and, and, and conversation about something about a subject that, you know, we're probably in the long run better off 
talking about if, rather than shuffling it off down to Houston. So, I mean, I don't, you know, I don't know if you can look at it just as a straight up win because, oh, thank God he got away. He, they, they made it go away. Uh, but I mean, I'm happy to see him gone despite the fact, you know, I know a lot of people will be like, well, not guilty under your court of law. We don't need to have that conversation. I don't, I don't think. No, we don't. Um, personally, I am. If, I, if other people aren't, that's on them. But also, I think that the Blue Jays uh, have managed to make it at least, a, at least look passably like a baseball trade. I mean, I think they got some, they got a lot more value out of it than I thought they wouldn't trade him because they wouldn't get anywhere close to this kind of value for him. I thought that they would probably, you know, hold their noses and keep him just because they couldn't get this much value. And the fact that they did, even though it's not what you would have got last winter, it's not what you would have got had this not happened. It did happen. They haven't made their fans have to deal with this bullshit. And they got a couple really interesting arms. One who, you know, is slotting into, you know, is, is, Damn near a top ten prospect in their in their system, which is maybe a top five system, probably is a top five system at this point, which is not nothing. And Ken Giles, who is a guy who, you know, has years of control left, paid really well. You know, is going to be if they don't do anything next season, which you know I think is maybe a little or too early for anybody to expect. Uh, could come back and have a really great year and and could be an enormous trade ship for them again, which will allow them to, to, to add more value to the organization, which obviously is not the prism through which this is, that it's most important to view that trade. But uh, but I think that that has, has made it just, uh, you know, I think they've threaded a needle in a really interesting way. Uh, and so I, I kind of reserve, <laughs> I don't want to commend them too much because, you know, it's, it's it's such a perfect mixture of you know looking like doing the right thing, looking like they got enough value back that you can't read you know whether they you know, where their uh, morals really were or what they really thought about it. Uh, yeah. But that's okay. I mean, I think the I think that they've done really well there. And Giles, as I mentioned on Twitter today, as Keith Law mentioned in his piece, uh, <laughs> it's all non-safe situations where he's been terrible. In safe situations, he's been outstanding this year. Uh, which is really interesting. And also I think rest has been an issue too when he's been like, doesn't pitch for days, he's been bad. So there's more to Ken Giles than, oh, he fell apart last year and he's had a bad year. It's, uh, I, I think that's, it's still, he's still a really, really valuable piece that the Jays got back. One thing I'll say about the safe situation versus non-safe situation, which is in Houston, um, uh, AJ Hitch manages his bullpen in a really interesting and, and, and uh, I think he does a good job of it. And maybe more so in the early uh, early part of the season, with uh, having uh, Chris Davinsky around, Chris Davinsky was getting the saves in the seventh and eighth inning, um, mm-hmm. facing the best part of the lineup. So maybe Ken Giles is like the shielded. I guess that's the the, the sheltered minutes thing in hockey. Maybe that's sort of what Ken Giles was was getting as the ninth inning guy in Houston when they have so many different weapons that they use in the higher mm-hmm. leverage situations against Fair. bigger bats. But but. I agree. The Blue Jays did the did the thing that looks like the the most right, thing. <laughs> right. And right. the Josh Hader situation, I think, was very. Uh, you made a great point, and, and I've seen others make it as well. Which is, you you can't allow you you if you give the people if you give some people the opportunity, they will do that and fuck it up for you. In in his, in a, in, a, in as many words, I mean, yeah. I, I was at a, I was at the last game I went to. I was shocked. Because I saw people wearing the Roberto Osuna jersey out in public at the game like it's nothing. Because at the end of the day, for many of many people, which is again not a compliment and not an excuse, but it's like they have a Blue Jays jersey and they wear it. And the fact that it says Roberto Osuna on the back is secondary to them, probably because it says Blue Jays on the front. But at the same time, maybe go ahead and try and stand for something in your whole pathetic life. <laughs> don't wear that jersey. Buy another one, or maybe don't buy one at all. Uh, somebody else said, uh, it might, might have been Dave Burroughs, a uh, guest on the, of the show uh, last week, when uh, he, there was the, when, because, so one of the reports that was out was that the Blue Jays had decided back in May or whenever it was that, like, that was it. And Osuna was done as a Blue Jay. But then, if you, re- if you recall, Ruth Atkins came out and said, Roberto Osuna will be our closer on October, August 5th. Like, he said, that he'll be back and it was received uh poorly 
which I think maybe then it was the Roberto Cena was never going to play for the Blue Jays again, especially after we said that he was and people were mad. So again, you don't want to go fall over yourself giving them credit for threading the needle. Uh, they did mm, the minimum, I think, in terms of not having a horrific PR situation on their hands. They managed a difficult situation as cynically as they can. The return... <laughs> I mean, I, I, if you want to agree with Burroughs, sure, I guess that's... that's, that's not what I, I read that. I, the, why did he say it then? It, it, so e- either, either he said it, meaning it, or he was just up there fucking lying to try to maintain a shred of, of trade value from a, for a player that you've already decided you don't want to be a part of your organization. So which fucking one was it? Are you lying to, to, to try to maximize the return on this guy that you, again, you, if you talked about values and they throw the word values around, like it means nothing. If, if it means nothing, fine, but just then own it. But, or, or, or was it, you, you read the room and we're like, this is not going to work for us or our fans. So we made the decision then, not at the beginning, when we saw the out, when we saw the 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 reaction to it, um, I, I, that's I just I would like like to know which one it is because you can't come out and say he's going to be back when you have what well, meanwhile have internally said he's not going to be back. The return, the return, uh, in terms of the players is surprising from a baseball perspective, and the number one reason I think that it is was because there's no video. If there was video of the incident, that I don't think that any very very few of these things happen like they have. I really believe that. Uh, and it's stupid. And it goes, all, all it is is another example of people refusing to believe uh, victims, refusing to believe women, where we can, this woman presses charges and the police follow up. The police charge him. He spends the night in jail. And, the co- and according to Jeff Besson, the cops are still talking about the, the, the evidence of the photography. Um, but there's no video. So that is gives Houston an out. And they took it. They talked about having a zero, you know, uh, uh, what was the the zero uh, zero tolerance policy, but also second chances. So Houston has a chance to make their team better, so they did, and they're they're going to ride out the bad PR and ride out this the shittiness, the shitty aspect of it, because they on the world right. How quickly we'll forget many many things. I don't, I'm sure that there are, for every Cubs fan that that helped uneasy and still feels uneasy but there are all the Chapman playing for their team there are hundreds who will never forget the World Series and but won't remember any of those other details so I don't know it's I'm okay so I hope everyone enjoyed the call and show unfortunately we thought it seems as though we got cut off uh, right kind of uh, pretty much at the end ignorantly or in our ignorance we went on for a good 15 more minutes stone and i talking about a variety of things uh, maybe you will hear uh, them another time maybe we will resuscitate those ideas that we will have forgotten uh before we even finish uploading this the rest of the uh the podcast so i don't know and it, we we got talking we were i was in the middle of a fiery rant as it, as it turns out about the uh, about the osuna return and about the blue jays sort of Cynical handling and doing the right thing because they, because it was easy for them to do so. Um, but uh, I guess if we want to just just talk about the baseball side of it, I mean, um, uh, well, maybe no. Sorry. Well, I want to talk about how you were going to give credit to Dave Burroughs too much, which is which is absurd, well, obviously, because as I said at the time on the show, which was not recorded, was that you know. Uh, from the very start, the Blue Jays, uh, and we parsed the press release from them right from the beginning in such a way, from the start, that they, they were concerned and cognizant of the PR backlash. And I think that the narrative that some fucking clown out in Vancouver wants to make where they all of a sudden changed their minds because they got pushback after saying that he'd be their closer, uh, I think makes much less sense than... The fact that they probably just said that because they wouldn't get back what they got had they made it ultra clear that they were going to trade him regardless, like no matter what. I think that just diminishes their bargaining position. It, you know, but which, but I, I, which I say in case you want to, you know, relitigate that thing which we already talked about. Well, I, I just think that you, it, sure it diminishes their bargaining position, 
But if you're doing it, if you're making a, a personnel move from a values uh, perspective, does your bargaining position really matter? Is what I mean? Obviously, you. I mean, you're 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 not necessarily concerned at that point with getting twenty five cents on the dollar of this asset because that asset has done it has diminished uh, uh, the life of someone else, and then and and has done a or has been accused of of committing a heinous act. So you made the executive decision that that player is not going to be part of your organization going forward. So stick by that and just be gone, be done with them without playing a game in the public sphere by saying, well, you know, he's going to be our closer. Like to me, that kind of dog and pony show is unnecessary and it undercuts the value message that they were promoting with their statement that, as we've talked about before, the statement that they came out with initially, which was a little bit unique in that it was not blindly throwing support behind the player. It was, we, it, it, it had a bit of a different uh, tone to it. So that was a nice first positive step. But then to come out and say, even if it's just for appearances, to say, this guy's going to be our closer. To me, it, it makes a lot of the rest of it uh, ring a little hollow. And while it may have benefited, and, and as at the end of the at the end of the, the the segment before, you can hear me starting to get into it, which is to say that it, they the, both the Blue Jays and the Astros had the opportunity to make to do this. Um, the Blue Jays had the opportunity to still have a bit of leverage in terms of uh, negotiation as they're trying to make a deal, and the Astros can 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 give Roberto Osuna a fresh start, whether or not he earned it. And can do a thing, do a, make an unpopular, ugly, cynical move because it make it slightly increases the chances they win the World Series. Uh, and I, as I said before, because there's no video, and I think if there if there was a video that had leaked or if there was a video that was publicly out there and people had seen it, people had seen the extent of the violence and seen the seen the 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 um, after effects and the 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 damage done by that violence, then all of this would be very different. I I really truly believe that. And it's sad. It's sad that it has to be that way, but I, I, but I 100% believe it. Yeah. I mean, assuming, yeah. I mean, that's making an assumption that this video would be damning in that way, which is, you know, just Jeff Passan certainly speculated about that. And, and you know, but yeah, you're. I, I think you're not wrong, but I'm just being the the lawyer here and saying, like, you know, we, mm-hmm. we don't know what such a thing would have shown because we, nobody has seen such a thing. But, that, you know, the Passan stuff was was interesting. I saw uh, I, I saw people in this city, you know, people wondering, and I, you know, to speak to, to this, which I saw, I almost did on Twitter, and I, I much prefer it being buried in a podcast here, but, but you know, the, the idea that there was, in the industry, people knew that this was worse than it had been led on, and worse than, and, and I, I cannot speak to that. I know I had, I felt that I, and I kind of alluded to it a little bit on the podcast here, but I felt that I had had a uh, a couple of facts about what happened, a couple of details that weren't necessarily public that maybe had led me to believe that that it could be, you know, a a, a much more egregious thing. Or well, you know, you don't want to put you don't want to like grade egregiousness, obviously, but it could be. I had a couple of details that I thought that maybe weren't out there. But I must admit that I like I did not hear the the stuff that Passan was saying, and I'm not that, that doesn't mean that it wasn't out there. I mean I'm sitting here in fucking Peterborough, and I don't go to the press box. I don't do, you know, I'm I'm covering it in a different way. So it is, you know, beyond possible that uh, that I wouldn't have heard something like that. But to you know. Uh, to speak to that point, I, whether it was an open secret that there's you know horrible shit that is to come out in this, I don't know that that's necessarily true. Doesn't change yeah. anything. Doesn't change. Doesn't make me want him gone any less, and be you know happy that that this old mess has been moved on from. But I thought dude, that's a uh, that was an interesting way to approach it from Passan. I thought as well. I don't know. Now we're talking about this, I guess. Yeah, I don't know that I was necessarily planning to talk about this. But, <laughs> no, uh, I didn't want to either, but uh, I stand by what I just I, said. Uh, w- one question, one thing I do, I do want to talk about this. Then was I, I received a message uh, or a, like a message on Twitter, and it was like how it was asking a question that sort of 
understanding the our the, the mindset and, and the sort of the way that you and I have discussed this um, you know, all, all along here, which is um, how do you deal with people who are saying, sorry, how do you reconcile the, the uh, he, he uses quotes, uh, uh, this is Neil, uh, how do you reconcile the barstool types who lament about the lack of value return? So if someone is coming to you in your mentions and saying like the Jays didn't get shit for Osuna, they shouldn't have traded him or whatever it is that they might be saying, uh, uh, what do you say to that? How do you respond to that in a constructive way? I mean, I think that they, I think that they did really well for themselves in a, you know, given the context of the situation. And I mean, I'm sorry if somebody thinks that, you know, they should have just kept him because he wasn't, you know, guilty, you know, innocent until proven guilty. It's like, you know, it's just, it's not that, it's not that simple in these kinds of cases. And, and, uh, you know, uh, I feel comfortable, you know, it's not even about guilt or innocence. It's about the message that it sends to the people of your community and, Mm -hmm. and, you know, and your fan base, if you're the Blue Jays, right? I mean, it's, you know, he, he could be completely exonerated, but it's at this point in time, sending a message to the to the community that you know, well, we're going to tolerate this to you know until there's a legal decision. Which, guess what? Mm-hmm. We know, like everybody else knows, don't always necessarily mean guilty or not. It means proven or not, and not proven doesn't mean it didn't happen. It just means they couldn't prove it in a court of law. You know, that's that that's a huge. That that is whether you like it or not. You have to. You're taking a stand by your action or your inaction on that, and that the Jays chose to uh, to make that action. I mean, I, I don't want to absolve them, or you know, make it sound sound like it was. I mean, that, that's the cynical. That's the you know, completely cynical way to look at it. And maybe that's what they did. Uh, you know, we don't really know what their motivations were, and you know, or any of that stuff. But just on that practical level, they just they couldn't do that. And you ought to understand why they couldn't do that. Yeah, no, you're right. And, and uh, one more. I, at the end of the last piece we mentioned, or the, the piece that got cut off, we mentioned some interesting things to read. And I think that uh, Diana Moskovitz, or Diane Moskovitz, wrote something interesting for Deadspin, um, which isn't, I don't agree with uh, what 100% of it is. And, I, thought and it was kinda, I thought it was kind of bad, to be honest. But Really? Yeah. Uh, there's some interesting parts in here, but like the problem with zero tolerance is it's never really zero tolerance. That, public yeah. relations, which is absolutely, not untrue. Absolutely. I was that's, just, that's I, I, I was just, wait, I, I was trying to racking my brain to remember who in the main street, like who, who was defending Luke Heimlich. And that was kind of like the, the device used was like, Oh, people have been, been bending over to like absolve him and not Osuna. And it's like, I don't, you know, I don't remember that happening. And there were some quotes from Passan, and, and, and I, I, it, it's absolutely an issue that should be looked with, at with a critical eye, but I thought there was some some stuff in there and that I didn't necessarily agree with, but it's well worth a read, absolutely, otherwise. But please, go on, before, before I derail this too badly. No, I think we've already done that. We're, we're, <laughs> we're way off the, off, the, uh, off the rails here. Um, we're not... No one, no one is listening to you and I talk about this right now, expecting us to be able to break down uh, with with nuance and with insight uh, the return on on the Blue Jays, uh, their their current uh, the July the non waiver trade deadline returns. Um, we talked at length about Brandon Drury and about how I am maybe less enthused about a low ceiling, low you know, uh, you know maybe relatively higher floor player. Um, talking, I, I talked about swinging for the fences and, and rather than trying to line a bunch of singles together uh, because he's more of a known commodity. But so in, in the end, we're, it's, it's a, a little bit of wait and see, I guess. That's, that's the, whole, the whole thing with, with these kind of trades. You're not, unless you are apparently the fucking pirates or the Rays <laughs> who are able to just like make magical trades for, with each other for like busted prospects and, and high ceiling guys and former top uh, 20 and 38 prospects for Chris Archer of all people the year after you trade Garrett Cole honest to god what are the pirates what's going on over there and Chris Archer's bad well this is why uh, this is why you don't want the blue jays to tear it all down and trade Marcus Stroman and Aaron Sanchez because a year later they're going to end up having to fucking trade for somebody else to replace the guys that they got rid of because as we all know Vlad is going to lead them to the promised land 20 straight years 
20 straight. Someone's got to pitch, but uh, there the Jays are going to go. The Jays are going to be the next race. Sammy fucking one Gaviglio, guy buddy. Under. Fucking Sammy G. <laughs> slamming Sammy Gaviglio. However the fuck you're supposed to say his name. Somebody's got to pitch. You, you, want, you want five fucking half solid innings? There you go. Five and I, want, I don't want three number five starters. I want 15 number fives. Right, I don't want five three starters. I want 15 five starters. Just rolling them all. Soon as you, you, as soon as you walk off the mound, you walk right into the dugout, right into the tunnel, you get on a bus, and you go directly back to Buffalo. That's all I want. Right? You don't, you, uh, the, the five, you know, you can rotate 15 because of the 10 day DL. You just, uh, or whatever, you know, when you, when you option someone. You got to be down ten days. Works. With the, all those the new next, off days, it works out perfectly. The next Blue Jays manager walks out on the mound and he has a uh, Bowie knife and he slashes the Achilles tendon of one of the pitchers as he's removing him from the game, forcing him to the DL. Because he got to be really hurt. So you're like, oh, he got stabbed. He got stabbed in the mouth. He, he's gonna he's gonna miss some time. Uh, so yeah, we we might try the the, the call and thing again as as we sort of said at the end of before that no one hurt. Uh, we welcome your feedback. Do you like that that format? Do you like the sort of instant feedback? Um, I know the sound is is under control, super compressed as it is. So if you do like it, let us know. If you want to do it again, uh, uh, if you want to you know chime in, we didn't have anybody you know step up and and make the call in. Which again, if it's a matter of you you're not interested or if it's a technology thing, let us know. We can pass it along to the people there at uh, at dialogue who have who've uh, encouraged us to use the platform and we've given it a shot so uh, let us know it, it might be something that maybe we'll see used with some guests and used for a uh, patreon exclusive so we'll just send the link around to the patreon heroes and you could become one of them if you're not already if you head over to patreon.com slash birds all day uh maybe that might be something we'll try in the future as well um i know it's uh they're kind of fun to do because it's just kind of we get up and do it and off we go but uh but yeah, it's just something to think about. And again, we welcome your feedback. Love to hear what everyone thinks about those. Um, and if, if, it's, uh, if that's a format that you'd like to see us uh, spend some more time with. Um, anything else? So, what, what, are the, what are you going to write before you, you edit this? <laughs> well, it's not Friday, so I don't feel... Or tomorrow's not Friday, so I don't feel like a rush to get something done by 5 o'clock. Just for the sake of doing <laughs> it. Uh, that's good. No, I'm, just, uh, I'm working on a thing where I'm just going to look at where the system stands and where the big league team stands after all the big changes that have, have happened at the deadline, even though obviously lots more is going to happen from there. Um, cool. We should try doing one of these, like, <laughs> just usurp Jay's talk. Fuck it. Let's get those. Let's just instant, instantly live right after the game. Yeah. All right. There's a, there's we'll a do plan. anything. There's a plan. We still, and now that the off season is closer than the, the beginning of the season is, we can still try our thing that we kept talking about doing last year. We'll still do it. True. Yeah. And now that there's even more distance, there's like it's it'll be it's all ghosts. It's all it's all. Hey, remember that guy? Oh, I remember that guy. Uh, but anyway, uh, so for Andrew Stoughton, of course, you can follow Stoughton on Twitter uh, at Andrew Stoughton. You can read him at the Athletic, and you can like uh, Birds are Birds all day on Facebook. If you aren't Twitter, obviously we're a heavy Twitter user, so it's probably where you're going to find us more often. But if you are more Facebook type, head over there, throw us a like. We always put the links up to the vi- to the to the shows up afterwards, and uh, kind of let people know about stuff like this when it's on its way. And uh, and you can read me at uh, Vice Sports in Canada sometimes too. Hopefully tomorrow. God help me. It's already eleven o'clock. That's probably not going to happen. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, but fingers crossed. Fingers crossed about that. And uh, if you like the show, you can head over to SoundCloud.com/slash/Birds All Day. You can listen to it live there. You can grab an RSS so we can go right into your feeder. Uh, and uh, you can hear us on iTunes, and you can sure as shit not hear us on Spotify unless they get their head out of their fucking ass. Goddamn right. Yeah. I hope that they do. Uh, so for Andrew Stoughton, my name is Drew Fairservice. We'll talk to you next time on Birds All Day.